All right, everybody, welcome back to another week of Ghost in the Scene, your only certified friendly ghost podcast. And I'm your host, Gio Champatazzi. I'm here with my co-host, Rob Thomas. How are you, Rob? Gio, I mean, I I smell in the air. We were talking about how how the summer is is now a ghost. I believe we talked about this last episode. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this year is no exception. Like, we are feeling so many spirits around us right now. Uh, it's getting really crowded out there because... It seems like everywhere you turn, there are more spirits, and there's more and more, and you know it's it's having an effect on society, and it can get you down. I feel like it's gotten me down too at a certain time, even though we're we're more ghost inclusive, but uh, you know it's something that we're going to have to face with that is probably unprecedented. You know the the level of of spookiness we're about to to face. There is a certain fatigue that comes with living in this era, living in this time. It tires you out. There are psychic vampires on the loose. And, you know, they come at you from your phone. They come at you from the wind, your windows. I mean, there's all kinds of ways to zap your energy. You know, you could not be having electrolytes. That could be something. So, you know, this is a a, a time for us to resource all of our powers collect them all together and really power through the rest of this season because like rob said we are entering one of the most spiritually charged seasons we talk about this every year but it's worth mentioning halloween is not just a day right it's a whole season you got any dollar store walk down the aisle how many ghosts are you going to see how many guys with giant sites you know they're called the grim reaper they're everywhere now and that's before halloween we're in september still so it's going to get worse and you have to be able to prepare yourself you know brace yourself i've been drinking so much holy water with electrolytes that you know i've been peeing clear which i think is holy water so i think i've been peeing holy water biologically i think i could bottle that up and, and sell that to people. I'm not going to do it just yet, but I could legally. I, right. I mean, you know, uh, you'll hear more later in the show, but just know that we have good measure. You know, we have the experts to, to verify if this is indeed holy water. And, you know, you, you better bet that, you know, we're going to be doing some giveaways. You know, we're not even going to be charging for this. This is, charity this is why we do the work we do is to make sure that you're protected out there and that's why we're also talking about halloween in the last days of september because we need to be prepared Mm. you know and and, in geo like we are i think what our conversation today is 100 percent going to be the top story that everyone is going to be talking about in the coming weeks i mean they talk about october surprise all the time right this is it this is the october surprise we have a bombshell to drop on all of you i hope you did your hair today because this is the last look your hair is ever going to look this good because it's going to be fried from now on we literally are going to nuke your brain 
and it's going to be painful because it's a shock. When I, when I first heard about this news, I literally had to get a wig, right? I went online, I bought a wig, you know, look at that. That's not my hair. That's fake right there, guys, because it literally churned me bald like a, like an atom bomb. All my hair just flew away. So I don't want to tease this too much, but honestly, if you have a beanie with a little, you know, lining, little, some kind of holy lining, I'd wear it while you listen to this episode. So we've been talking a lot about Halloween, how it's a season, right? And every season has its master, has somebody that is the ward, somebody that takes care of it and watches over it. Uh, for example, the love season of love, right? Uh, February. Who's in charge of that? Everybody knows it's that little bastard, Cupid, a.k.a. Justin Bieber. He's going to be, be playing Cupid in an animated movie very soon. And, you know, obviously the one at the that everyone thinks of first is old St. Nick and his little reindeer for Kwanzaa. Mm-hmm. And the entire month of, of December, really, right? Right. And then you, then you and have... And it's all the other holidays, you know. I guess Christmas, I guess. Right, maybe. I don't maybe. know if that counts. Um, then you have old Father Time over the uh, the first day of the year, right? New Year's Day, Father right. Time. Shares it with Baby New Year. Right. Now, that it's a dual birthday. And so that's their day. Um, I think you said Paul Bunyan owns owns a day um is it uh, arbor waffle day. day uh no Ar arbor day oh okay arbor day sure oh yeah because he had pancakes that's right probably mm -hmm. pancake day too then mm -hmm. and then we have you know he's a big guy you know he, he he gets around the jolly green um leprechaun he owns the uh the whole entire march badness that's because of him Mm -hmm. Yeah, he makes the brackets and selects the winner. It's all because of, of the leprechauns that we have sports in general, to be honest. You know, the pot of gold, the Stanley Cup, all of these cups, that is literally what they loan out. That's at the end of the rainbow. And they have to loan them out for these games. And then once they're done, they put them back in the rainbow. little uh, FYI, we're spitting out truth left and right. But we wanted to find out who's in control or who's taking control, who's taking care of Halloween. I couldn't figure it out. You know, people thought Tim Burton, but he's not. I mean, come on. I mean, he releases his movies throughout all of the year. And yeah, like he's like spooky adjacent, but for the entirety of Halloween, uh it's i'm sorry i i'm sorry burton heads out there but like it that it's too much it's too I'm, much yeah, i'm just gonna say it um tim burton has never stuck his hand into a pumpkin his entire life it's too icky for him okay and if that uh offends any of you burton heads you know it's true you know that if he saw you sticking your hand in a full pumpkin and pulling out its guts, he would get sick. He would get sick to his stomach. And that's the truth. He's a designer. He may have designed the aesthetic 
for this month, for this season, he does not take ownership. He is not in control. He doesn't have the power, nor does he have the time. Right? He's too busy in the Hollywood machine being chewed up and spit out. And also he's under the, you know, the guidance of a JD. We're not going to talk about Johnny Depp much, but he's always there. But he's right. not in control. So who right. is? And not even Johnny Depp is in control. Mm-mm. Right? This is this is bigger than Depp. We have to find out who it is. And that's what we decided was going to be our focus this episode. We wanted to consult with a lot of people, and we finally got a solid lead. And you have to start by looking at numbers. I think that's where we always start. We got to start with facts, start with data. So we just started looking at birthdays, significant birthdays. Who's born when and where and what are they doing? What are they up to? One name was at the top of the list. Somebody that was so encouraging back in the day, their famous line, you can do it. He used to say that all the time in every single movie. You know, that was Nike's original slogan until he sued them. Mm. for copyright infringement yes this guy got nike to change their ways he literally changed the entire brand and i'm gonna even say mandala effect i bet many of you don't even realize that was ever the history i bet you don't even remember that ever happening and i wonder why do you think it's because it never happened of course not rob just told you what's more plausible is the fact that he maybe mandalaed the entire world into believing that his catchphrase has always been you can do it and it was never just do it so guys gals x's and y's this is the power of somebody that we're talking about i think we should just say it do you want to just say it rob all right you want to say it together okay three two one rob schneider Yes. Wow. Guys, I hope you still have your hair. I hope it's still there. I hope there's the beanie is, is secure and that all the inner linings are still there because I warned you, it's a nuclear bomb. Schneider is the guy in control of Halloween. How? Right? How? Look at the numbers. Rob, the numbers are, they speak for themselves. They never lie. He was born October 31st. Right there, boom, you're done. October 31st. That means he is a child of the night, a child of All Hallows' Eve. I mean, not just October 31st, Halloween. You know, there's other people that are born that day. October 31st, 1963. Whew. All right. Three, three sixes, right? Or that's 31 threes. And 31, uh, that's also October 31st. So you see how tightly knit this equation is. Exactly. Einstein wishes he could come up with an equation as, as elegant as this. And he couldn't. And that's why he became a ghost and went to heaven 
and didn't want to be a ghost in this realm because he was ashamed. He, he didn't want to live to see the day where we would outmatch him. And we finally did it. That's why we're going to win a Nobel. So, yeah, we just did it for you. Um, the numbers don't lie. Rob Schneider is the guy that we're talking about. And we've talked about him before and his connection to the Sandman, Adam Sandler. He literally is, you know, father time, like we, we said, father time, baby new year. That's Adam Sandler is probably like father time's son. And there could be an entire movie based all around that, that he's done that Rob Schneider mandaloed out of our memories. It, it's possible that movie exists and we just don't know. Right. I mean, you know, you do have 50 first dates, which seems kind of similar, but we're talking about another film. This is a lost film. There, I mean, think about what 51st states, the premise is. He literally created a realm where he ruined a person's memory so that it only lasted one day. And what's even more egregious is in the movie, and this, it's, just, it's so great that we finally get to talk about this. In the movie, they have a character whose memory only lasts one minute. 60 seconds, which means that every minute he has to reintroduce himself. He's in a new place, right? If you think that that didn't happen in real life, you're kidding yourself, okay? Adam Sandler does all of the research for all of his movies. It's all real effects. They truly did brain surgery on that actor, Andrew Barrymore. Hopefully it was reversible, but honestly, I don't know. They messed with their brains. They switched the wires, and they created memory loss, a full memory wipe. They did that. Okay, I don't want to say they did or not. I'm going to say it is very possible that there is a movie that doesn't exist anymore because they wiped our memory. Right. Exactly. I mean, the evidence is right there. They, they told us in broad daylight that they have the capability of wiping out memories. Mm -hmm. So who says that they wouldn't have the power to do it to all of us? Exactly. And Rob Schneider is integral to this entire thing. He is the one who has power in this time. So when Rob Schneider is behind Adam Sandler in the movies that he does, Adam Sandler is more powerful. And so the Sandman, with his power of time, is able to use the spooky season to pull the greatest trick on all of us, on the entire world. And I don't want to – this isn't an expose into Rob Schneider, right? We're not exposing him because I think he would want us to know that he's taking care of Halloween because he's doing a pretty good job. And we could get into the reasons why, but I just want to, you know, quickly just kind of take away any animosity that anybody might have towards Rob Schneider, because, you know, Halloween has gone off every time, year after year, the same date. I haven't had a hiccup. I haven't had an issue with Halloween. Have you? No, I mean, Halloween's been great. I mean, we started our show on Halloween, so... Obviously, we have Rob Schneider's blessing. Right. In a way, he, he's, he's a part of the creation of this show because it wouldn't exist without his blessing. 
he's one of the founding members. He's he's very close to the show. It's we just never knew how close he was until until now until today, and we have a good uh, good reason to believe that he's working towards making this Halloween very special, very big. It's going to be a huge number, and it's because he's working again with the Sandman. They they got a new movie coming out, and of course Rob Schneider, being the professional that he is. He made a movie about his power, about his season, and uh, it's called Hoobie, Hoobie Halloween. I don't know. I don't know what that title means. It sounds like a spell, the double H, Hoobie Halloween. It could be what the actual Halloween is titled. This is our Hoobie Halloween. Twenty twenty is the Hoobie Halloween. Right. We're renaming Halloween and is forever called Hoobie Halloween. So we're going to get more clarity. This movie's coming out literally in like a week or two. And like Rob said, this is going to be the biggest news of the entire year. This movie will break box office numbers. This movie will break cultural boundaries. This movie will break political boundaries. It'll break new ground in worlds that we don't even know exist. And it's all thanks to Happy Madison. It's all thanks to the Sandman and Rob Schneider. That's pretty great. It's pretty great news. We finally get one win out of, out of a you know, world that's just literally been just crushing, just soul crushing. I, I mean, we can always count on Halloween and Rob. to save us. And, and, and Rob, Rob Schneider in yes. this case. I could always count on you, Rob. Well, thank you. I can always count on you, Gio. Thank you. But, you know, I, there needs to be some more Giovanni representation out in the world. And I'm glad that you are in taking that mantle. Yeah. Let's, let's see if we can get Rob to change his name to Giovanni for a while. Giovanni Schneider. I mean, it'd be a nice compromise. He's been robbed for long enough, right? I, that's a good petition. Let's get a change.com. Uh, petition going change rob schneider's name to giovanni schneider just for a couple years just to make it even because i feel like you're right there should be more giovanni representation in the world um so let's get to our guest we had somebody on this week and you know i'm sorry if they're listening to this conversation before our conversation um if they don't like rob schneider they're, they're gonna hate what we're just talking about but what can you do we had a guest on that's a, a very great comedian, podcaster. He's a host of a bajillion podcasts. He is a really cool guy. Um, he's the bartender at my local bar, hosts the comedy night. His name is Steve Fernandez, and he was a former pastor. So this guy literally had a conversation, multiple conversations with God. And where I'm, maybe he talked back. We're gonna we're gonna find out. We we talk about it in in the conversation. So let's get to that, and uh, we'll be back with some more Rob Schneider related information after this. Okay, we are here with an esteemed podcaster, a, th- a three timer, maybe a four timer, <laughs> also a, a comedian, former pastor. I mean, this guy's done it all, and if he hasn't done it yet, he'll do it eventually. Uh, Steve Hernandez, welcome to the show. Hey, it's great to be. How you doing, G? Uh, good, man. Rob, have we met before? 
We have not. I, it is an honor and a privilege to be in your graces, Steve. <laughs> well, it's great to meet you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. So you have a lot of things in your, in your past that we can talk about. Um, this is a paranormal show generally, but let's just kind of get your, you know, like your credentials out of the way first. <laughs> where, where, can, where can everybody find you? Uh, what, what are you up to? Let's see right now. Uh, I am a stand-up comic. I'm a bartender at the Chatterbox um, that I'm very proud of and happy to be there. And uh, I, don't, I hope you can come back soon. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Big Hern and on Instagram at Hernia. I have three podcasts, my movie podcast. It's called Views from the Vista. My religion ethics podcast is called Who's Your God? And uh, I have a, a, horny, uh, a horny news podcast called The Male Gaze. Okay, that's right down our alleys. We're not so horny. Um, I, I, I can't speak for Rob, but I'm not, I'm not very horny these days. Not every day. I mean, I can't necessarily verify this for you because we always are seeing each other from the chest up. So. Yeah, Rob might be hard right now as we speak. That's very true. We're not, when, I, when we started the male gaze, it was more like we were going to do pop culture we were going to do, uh, we've been doing that one for over a year now. I do it with Brody Reed, Zach Kutzinger, and Alan Strickland-Williams. And um, it was supposed to be more horny and relational and stuff like that. But uh, obviously, nobody's horny in quarantine, and especially with Black Lives Matter stuff. Uh, we resisted it for so long, but now it's just, we're just a fucking in-depth news podcast, which I would have never done. Nobody wants to fucking give a shit about this stuff, but that's what it's come to, so... Interesting. Yeah, we're more on uh, on a different uh, kind of news. We we still pump out the news. We're we're just kind of doing it for a very niche crowd. Um, it's it's still true in, to to them. I I believe. <laughs> so uh, you were a pastor for a lot of years, right? I mean, I I kind of have seen your stand up. Have seen you talk about it a little bit. So yeah, yeah I grew up at a faith community church. Uh, it's in West Covina. It's still uh, a mega church. It became a mega church as I went there. So I think when I started going there, I was like seven years old. I went through vacation Bible, uh, Bible school, and then I got indoctrinated there. So I think it was only maybe 500 people. It was on San Bernardino Road back then in Sunset, and uh, we outgrew it. By the time I left being a minister, when I was 22, 23, it was at like 13,000 or something like that. I've heard it since decline but now it's over there off of Badillo and San Bernardino Road. Oh okay yeah that's that's like right next to where where I live. You, you've seen it right? Yeah. Yeah okay cool. Um, I think it used to be like a like some kind of manufacturing company. Yeah it was a I believe it was a Hughes aircraft. Like. Yeah my, my dad worked there. Oh wow and then he and then he got laid off? Yeah. Oh my god yeah. yeah but, uh. Small world. Yeah. So, okay. Now, being the leader of what is now a mega church or what was then kind of becoming a mega church, having all those people look up to you, how did that make you feel? Where did you feel powerful? Yeah, it felt great, bro. I loved it. Uh, that's part of the reason why I think I did it. Now, it's, it's pretty much the same as like stand up now. And, and it's kind of like how I quit. I do think with God stuff, you know, even in the Bible, I don't know how aware you guys are of the Bible, but since the beginning of time, people always are trying to not take responsibility for their relationship with God and are always trying to like 
lift up a king. I know in the Old Testament um, that God told the nation of Israel, like, I could be your God and I'll be your king. Or if you want, um, I can get you a real king, like a human being. And they were like, get us that human being, stat. And uh, that's how, that's where they got King David from, or no, Saul first and then King David. But all the time, even Jesus came back, he said, I'm, I'm here to eliminate the idea of church and sanctuary and the idea of the holy of holies so that you, God will be in your heart. God will be everywhere now. And as soon as Jesus died, the church became a thing. So they erected the, the thing too as well. But yeah, uh, I, I think always, and so I felt good when I was 21, 22. It, felt, it feels good to have people listen to you talk. And you know, when you're a Christian too, or when you're a pastor, it's like, I'm a God speaking through me. You know how fucking great that feels to be like, yeah. It's like <laughs> being possessed by God. <laughs> yes, that I'm doing it. You know, I would give, um, we would do these big events, you know, the ones you kind of hear about now where you kind of trick kids into going to church where it's like, we, it used to be called The Spot. And we threw a huge one at one point called Big Mama. But The Spot was a monthly event where you, all the high school kids, I had about 300 kids in my high school class. Uh, and all the high school kids would invite their friends to The Spot. And we'd like uh, have sumo suits and bounce houses, video games, dances. They would invite all their friends to that. And we then at some point we'd like lock the door and then I would get up to preach. And like, <laughs> I, you know, I was a funny pastor. And so I'd say a bunch of funny shit. And then I'd just like trick them, then it like trick them into Jesus. And then everyone would cry and give their lives to the Lord and stuff. Whoa, whoa. So you're personally responsible for maybe, you know, like converting people to <laughs> Christianity. Yeah, personally responsible. But that's like a joke when you say that because the Holy <laughs> Spirit was supposed to have done that. But I always joke about that. I, I actually have a line that says, I am personally responsible for saving all these kids, which you're not supposed to say, but yes, right. I, I did. I did that. Yeah. I mean, you got to own up to what you did, you know, like, <laughs> I tricked them. I lied to them. I knew it was lying, uh, but I tried to get out of it too. That's just the way our church was designed. I said, this feels slimy. I remember telling my boss before this doesn't feel right, but that's just the way we were doing it. That's the way the evangelical Christian church works. Your boss being like God himself. <laughs> he was like, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> gotta do what you gotta do, to Steve. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. So the, the higher ups are telling you, you, you gotta get new blood. You gotta get more kids, more tears, right? I mean, yeah, they used to say, um, you know, cause we would, it was a big deal. We had, I think on Easter Sunday, it was like our Super Bowl, but they used to have a phrase, they would say, we count people because people count. That would that was a phrase they used to say. That sounds like like a Vegas kind of thing. Well, it's like it's capitalism. They thought that if we stop growing, then we're doing something wrong. So, right. And I guess when you become a mega church, you, the instinct is to become more mega, right? Like as as time goes on, you don't want to become a mega church and then scale down to become a smaller church, right? Like if you're expanding, you want to keep on expanding. Oh, absolutely. I, and I think that's, there's two parts. I do think there's like, a, uh, you know, but I do think the, the senior pastor and, and the leadership at the heart, they like are prideful about the idea. I think they love that this is the happening place. God must be working through us. And, you know, sometimes there would be pastors that wanted to leave 
they felt like God called them to leave and they would be like a faith community church, like satellite, like in Rancho Cucamonga. But, you know, I really honestly did feel that the, the senior pastor never wanted it to like blow up as much as him. I, I do really feel like they wanted to, to be like, wow, you know, nobody's Jim Reeve. Jim Reeve has the real anointing of God. And you can see that because we have 13,000 people coming there. And also, this is like a big money business. Now, I left there 20 years ago. And I remember back then, the offerings were $120,000 a week. I mean, it's huge money. Yeah. And that was back then. That's 20 years ago. I, don't, I have heard the churches uh, shrinking because the, the senior pastor, who was an amazing teacher, um, that he's kind of stepped back. And his son, who I grew up with, is a lousy preacher. I've heard. I remember him preaching. He was terrible. He was oh, like man. so full of shit. But I hear he's kind of the senior pastor now. So I think it's shrinking some. You know, charisma is like the one key thing that a lot of people that go into like religious titles, like they, they don't understand they have to have that, you know, like, or, or I guess the best ones have it the most, right? And then they can use that charisma to kind of, like you said, kind of trick people into liking their personality. Like when I was little, um, the priest that I liked the most was like a guy who did magic. <laughs> like he just like do little like coin tricks and like he did it to everybody all the time and that was like he was like the magic priest you know did, did you you grew up in the catholic church rob did you grow up in church at all i did i grew up in the in the catholic tradition as well and so a lot of this is kind of similar but not as as mega um but i am familiar with god love loving his tithe right <laughs> yeah paying, absolutely. yeah paying for sure. Um, uh, are you are you guys still believers in any way? As far as like religion, um, no. But like we we are a paranormal team, so we we uh, it's, it's an open book. There's questions that are unanswered that yeah, we kind of like. I don't to... know how jokey you guys are about the paranormal things. Are you like at the X Files? Do you want to believe? Yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> I mean, like it, it's it's more more like we we track down things that we think are are interesting and we tie them to what we believe is the paranormal. Whether or not they can be like independently verified by like scientists, I think is like the, the paranormal community's like plight. You know, like none of us have NASA looking over our shoulder and telling us if it's right or not. Um, I want to believe, and like I feel like I've had experiences, but it's hard to like definitively say like scientifically if what I believe is like completely true. But I think that with religion, that's kind of how it is. And Rob, you feel the same way? Yeah, I mean, I you know, growing up Catholic, it just to me it gives maybe everyone has their own vocabulary around it, and I think especially being Catholic, we talk a lot about. The Holy Spirit. So there's already this idea of spirits and relatives that watch over you. And so I think I respect, I can ha I have respect for it a certain way. The organization is something that I've kind of fallen away from. But the idea, as I said, yeah, there's, you know, in Catholicism, we call it Holy Spirit. Other people call them phantom spirits. There's other, other ways to be 
to be in, in touch with it. Uh, maybe the idea of ritual as well is something that I kind of learned through the church and have maybe made my own in a certain way. Um, you know, I saw, I felt like I saw a ghost the other week or the other day, I should say. And it's just, when Gio's talking about science though, it, to me, it's like, it's kind of like the, the antithesis of paranormal and spirits because it's like, it's so much more in the core of uh, your intuition rather than like fact. Yeah, it's hard to measure a feeling, I think, is is the general thing. And then also, you know, like... Wait, we can are... we stop for a minute? You yeah. saw a fucking ghost, do you think, the other day? What was that all about? Did you guys already talk about that in the intro or something? No. no not, not let's yet. hear about the fucking ghost, please. <laughs> it, I mean, it's, it's, it's okay if I curse, right? No, yeah, of course. Yeah. Go ahead. Go for it. Go on. Uh, no, I, it's like it was just walking in my neighborhood and just kind of seeing... Like, it, it doesn't even have to be something that big. Like, so I saw in, the, in a window something that looked like a face. And, you know, you, you could say, like, oh, that's kind of like a dirt smudge that, that looks like a face. But it's that moment, too, where it's like you can look at something like, oh, that kind of looks like a face. And, or, like, you're just walking and you see it. Like, oh, I, I, I have that feeling I'm being watched right now. And I see this face that's here. And there's, like, a certain communication that goes back and forth so it happens very subtly that way i've had dreams of people that i that were close to me that have passed away that visited me in my dreams uh so i'll yeah. experience ghosts in that way too that's was one question i had for you when it came to your church like bible studies and all that stuff i don't know what kind of um intensity you guys had my mother was like a very evangelical uh, catholic woman and she did like uh, prayer groups and prayer circles. They were like speaking in tongues and that kind of thing. Did you do any anything like that? Any kind of like exorcism or anything? Um, uh, not not uh, not that? nothing exorcism. No, I was never a part of an exorcism. But uh, faith community when I was when I started there, it was much more Pentecostal than it ended up becoming. I think once you get bigger, you gotta kind of have to start like streamlining and corporatizing, kind of because you're yeah. casting a wider net, but I definitely spoke in tongues. Uh, I could still speak in tongues right now. Um, you remember I, what you used to say, like your mantra or whatever? You don't. You just kind of let it rip. I, don't, I never felt overtaken by the Spirit, and then I started the speaking in tongues, like the book of Acts and the Bible tells you. Yeah. But we kind of would be like, you know, you kind of just start doing it, and then you believe that the Holy Spirit fills it. So I could start doing it now if I want. I do think that eventually... I do think there's something to it in that it, um, it's almost like chanting. So even when I would speak in tongues, if I were to speak in tongues now, I, I could, I've done it on podcasts. It's not like a big deal to me. Uh, but um, even if I were to start speaking, what I do think it does is kind of like chanting. It gives your brain something to focus on. So it opens you up. I think that's what all um, liturgy and ceremony kind of does is you repeat, you do the same thing. So that it frees up a different part of your mind. Um, but I've definitely spoken in tongues. We used to have a lot of preachers, not so much at the end, but that would slay people in the spirit. So like knock them down like that. Yeah. I've been part of that stuff. My mom um, is still, my mom considers herself a prophet. And she would still like, I, she used to do a thing called deliverance, deliverance ministries, which I think she still like believes in, but she doesn't do it. It used to be a real like organization, a group. 
where you these women would pray like hardcore over you and then you would throw up like in a uh, trash can and that was almost like the bile and the sin and the evil coming out you know about this oh yeah that's happened not to me but that's happened to a personal friend of mine older brother and to um people my mom has like prayed over as well yeah so my mom's like that and my mom you know i had seen i i I joke about this but i've seen my mom many times um know like meet somebody or meet a friend and she was able to not recently or anything but uh, you know even 15 20 years ago but she could meet somebody and understand who they were what kind of trial they were going through or something. Uh, I saw her do this on many occasions, not all the time. Sometimes she was wrong, but I had, I had seen her do things like that. Have you guys met, read Malcolm Gladwell's Blink? No. It's really interesting. He, um, he kind of talks about this phenomenon. And you know, Rob, you said it's kind of the antithesis of science, but I do think that almost all the things you're talking about that eventually I do think science will be able to explain these things. But he, he does talk about psychics and prophets and stuff. And what all this is, is just an ancient part of our brain that more people are more tapped into. That's so when my mom was to look at somebody, her brain's picking up a shitload of information that a lot of people aren't tuned into, but it's still a brain function. So even, you know, to Rob, when you saw that ghost, and you said, you know, you got this feeling that someone was watching. You looked up, you saw something that reminded you of a face. So these are all ancient like feelings that our bodies have developed to watch out for predators and things like that. But that at some point, when we understand the human brain more, that we'll be able to explain these kind of things. Right. Only if it exists as like a symptom of the brain, I think. And I think- I, I do, well, I do think a lot of these things, you know, these feelings and stuff, I do think they come from something. I don't think they're, paranormal as we understand them necessarily but i do believe in energy and then i do believe i i don't i don't believe in ghosts or not believe in them i i haven't experienced anything like that um but i do believe that energy can be trapped and that that's how you explain some of these things interesting so never never a personal paranormal experience for you then no never never anything like that um i have no problem believing in them i think it's all really fun um like uh I like the idea of magic still. Did you get, what's that new um, HBO documentary? It just came out on the, uh, the cult. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. It's called, fuck, I'll look it up. But uh, it's, it's about this cult that they eventually um, sent the guy to jail for, for sex trafficking. Um, but a lot of famous, or some famous people were in it. Oh, oh Nexium. Nexium, yeah. right. Yeah, Did, did you Brandy. see the first episode? No, um, but we, we talked about it when, when it was happening. It was the girl from the Superman TV show. Yeah, uh, such a babe. Are you kidding? I would oh, have my God. Yeah, her, like, snaggle too. <laughs> yeah, um, but even when you watch it, the first episode of that, it's very good. You should watch it. And the, the leader, the main guy, just there was something magic. He was explaining it with science and math that he had created. And the, the guy who we're seeing the doc through, who made the – the movie, the documentary, What the Bleep Do We Know? Have you seen that? No. It's, a, it's kind of a quantum physics metaphysical thing. It's pretty interesting. But he, it's through his lens. And you could just see, we just want to believe in that magic still. We want to believe there's stuff that's happening that we don't understand. It's, it's so cool 
I, I do think there are, are things we can't explain, but I do think they'll eventually be explained by science. But I'm also open to that there's angels and demons. That shit would be fucking cool, man. I'd love to find out that there's some real crazy shit going on that we don't understand. Yeah. Um, my mom always told me as a kid, um, and it was like a kind of like, I guess like a scary to kind of scare me kind of thing. Uh, I don't, I don't really, I don't really know. I didn't know how to take it, but she would say like, if I really could see all the demons and angels that existed in the world, that I would die of fright because <laughs> they were all around and they're all trying to get me. Well, yeah, there's definitely that thinking, but you know, we do know for sure. I do believe scientifically uh, that there are tons of realms and realities happening that we can't see or understand right now through us. So I don't think these things come from nowhere. I think a lot of the things are based in truth. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I would never say that I'm, I'm not a believer. I, I don't, I don't give a sh- I don't worship science that much, but I also think there's just a bunch of stuff we don't understand about reality yet. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you know, like we've been delving into the idea of a multiverse, the idea of just parallel universes where we exist in other iterations. And that could explain lots of the things that we think are paranormal as well, right? Just the cares in reality. Yeah. And, you know, the Matrix, all the Matrix stuff. Uh, oh, we God, could... yeah. <laughs> it's Keanu. So you know, that second part of the Matrix when he meets the... Uh... What, whatever that thing's called at the end with the white guy in the office. Or he's watching TV. He's watching yeah, yeah, yeah. That stuff, they wrote that stuff 20 years ago. And now it's like coming to pass where the most brilliant people believe that we are in a, uh, what, do you, what do they call it? Simulated, a simulation. Yeah, that we are in a simulation. That there's a lot of things that don't make sense and how that, that would make things make sense scientifically. But they, they were talking about that in the second Matrix 20 years ago. And now it's like, Oh, shit. Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, if this is a simulation, right, I, I don't think that we would be in, in this scenario. I think the simulation, like, I don't know if, if The Sims, like, if, if there was a guy playing The Sims and we were the game, I don't think he'd let it go this far. You know, I, I think there'd be a hard <laughs> reboot at some point, way before where we are now. Oh, no way, man. Trump, that's it. That That is like the ultimate, like, sim thing where – yeah, he might be getting ready to pull the plug soon, but this is like how it, it's all getting ready to play out. So I, I absolutely, I think how we're living right now is, is, would be more proof that we're in a simulation than not. <laughs> That's true. One of my favorite things to do while playing Sims, of course, is you get the Sim in the pool, you take up the exits, or you get him in the house, <laughs> yeah, and cook yeah. without any experience to remove the fire hydrant, and you just let it ride. Just like let them <laughs> piss themselves to death. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, and also just like in, if, if we're sticking with the simulation, like the Roller Coaster Tycoon way to play the game is you just make all the like the rides as kill, killable as possible. Like you take <laughs> off all the safety barriers and then just like let them all, all die. So I, I can see it, I guess. But I feel like the way that simulations usually work are, you know, like you could, there's cheat codes, there's stuff like that. And the fact that none of us have found a cheat code, none of us have, like, the glitch in, in a game, you know? Un- unless that's what magic is, is people finding glitches in, in what our reality is. Yeah, and I think that would be a good explanation for magic, don't you think? Maybe. I mean, if there's te- there's people that are tech-savvy enough, right, that, I mean, physics itself is, is, is a strange science. 
And well, you, uh, you know, everything's so accelerated too. So if we don't have answers to those things now, I think the next 20 years, uh, if, if the world doesn't end, I think we're going to see, start seeing some stunning creations and, and uh, innovations. I feel like we're always on the the brink, though. You know, like the the, the day after tomorrow was made, like fifteen years ago as well. You know, when Jake Gyllenhaal oh, yeah. was still like a convincing teenager. <laughs> Every you know, everyone's in, in the Bible. You know, the idea of the rapture and um, the world ending and God coming back or any of that stuff. It's existed since the time of Christ and probably older. So every generation likes to think that theirs is the one that's the last one just to feel special. But uh, yeah, I, I guess only time will tell. It, it, it could always take a turn for the best or the worst. So I'm optimistic. I'm hopeful. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I know you said you don't really believe in like magic or any of that kind of stuff, but I think in, in a way you've used magic to your benefit as the pastor, right? Like your charisma like commanding all those people it is itself like a way of like weaving and magic. Right. And then Maybe bridging that in too. sorry to, to interrupt, but just also, I was just was also thinking of this, like other definition of magic is like your, your, it's your intuition and it's your will that you are manifesting into reality. Huh? That's very interesting. Um, I don't think there's, you know, I will tell you something about charisma and energy that I did for sure notice in the church is that um, our our sanctuary fit, I believe 2,800, we would have multiple services. But the big one when I left, the big one had 2,800 seats. And I do remember seeing pastors come through, visiting pastors and guest speakers and stuff. And some people just didn't have the juice to reach the back of the room. Uh, so I do know that I do fully believe that things like charisma and that kind of energy in the room, um, and comedy and all the, those kind of things, that there is something to that, that some people have more than others. I don't know how that is quantified, but I do for, for sure know that through charisma, a lot of times some people could reach all the way back and fill up the room. And some people absolutely could could not. And I don't understand how that works. That's something where truly I don't understand that. Yeah. And that, that's kind of where what we're hinting at is that there is that that element that, you know, like is a nugget of some unexplainable magic that it maybe it's a gift. Maybe it's a craft that you've honed, but it's definitely something that you like it bridges over into into comedy. Right. Like the ability to com like command a room. And to get everybody laughing is itself kind of the same thing, just in another flavor, right? Or like, oh, I mean, yeah, that's, what that, that's why I started to do it. But uh, I mean, it, it can definitely, you know, although comedy and being a pastor, all this stuff is a craft you learn. And even if you don't know consciously, you, you pick up subconsciously to do certain things. But uh, the place where I write jokes, the place I used to call uh, the Holy Spirit, where I get sermon ideas from and, and things like that. Uh, that that same thing is where I go to for my jokes. That's where that same thing comes from. It's the exact same thing. I, now I would call it more of my conscience. Um, but at the time I called it the Holy Spirit. But it's still how I live my life. And it still um, directs my life in a lot of ways. My mom, like I said, who is a prophet and kind of a crazy Christian, she's, um, when her and I talk, we get together maybe once a month and we'll, 
have, I'll make her lunch or we'll go to, you know, and we'll talk for like four or five hours about God. And when we talk about God, she didn't used to be like this, but she's gotten like this. And, and I'm glad because it allows us to have a relationship, but she allows me to call that thing that I'm talking about God. And I call it God. Oh yeah. God told me to do this. This is when I'm talking to her about it. And we're talking about pretty much the same thing. So I just call it a different thing. I don't think there is a person, God, anywhere, but I'm very open to God being an energy and something that we as, you know, human beings are just animals that we absolutely cannot comprehend. I do think we came up with the word God to place on a phenomenon that we don't understand yet. So, uh, you know, God or ghosts or all these things, we, these are just words to explain something we can't explain yet, just so that we can communicate with each other. But yeah, so I think they're the same thing. Yeah, the, absolutely. You know, we had a conversation with um, this guy who was also like a, he calls himself the gentleman psychic. And he he mentioned just that like ghost, you know, is is kind of a catch-all term, you know, that like there's multiple energies and things that we call ghosts, but it's not really, you know, like it, it could be much more like well-defined, but we don't know what to, what to call it yet, you know? And that, yeah, and that, that, that's just, you know, that's how I feel about God, too. I'm calling it this thing. I don't understand it, but I don't have to. I may not be able to, but, you know, I'm using it as a shorthand. Of course, you know, the right and conservative people in a lot of ways have hijacked what we think of as God. But if forward-thinking people began to call this thing God as well, I think we could take it back, or at least when people hear it, they're not automatically turned off. Right. In a weird way, it's also reminded me this part of the conversation about how if you look back Old Testament in a way, there used to be no word for God. Like it was restricted to call God anything. And even the term Yahweh, I'm, I don't remember it so well right now, but it's something to the lines of, you know, that that comes to pass. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And um, I do think, you know, growing up, I used to my mom would always say, you know, don't use the Lord's name in vain. And, uh, you know, I think that was just anytime we'd say, oh, my God, or something like that. She, that's what she meant. But I think the original um, scripture, I think if there is a God or wherever this rule came from, meant don't try, don't, don't bring this up in a way that's not holy. Or don't treat this in a way that's so flippantly. Like we have a lot of conservative Christian things, people who use the name of God for so many things that's diluted its power that this phenomenon that is God that we're talking about, that whatever is that's holy about it. That's why I don't, I don't think God's in church anymore. If he ever was, he's not there anymore. They've, they fucked it up so much so that, you know, the thing we're talking about when we're seeking out God is something that, you know, maybe when you go for a walk or when you're having sex with someone you love or when, when you're drunk with a friend that that, God shows up in those moments, but I don't think God, I think God's rarely at church now. Yeah, I mean, the idea that God has the the patience to sit down for an hour while everyone just like <laughs> praises him, like who's going to do that? Yeah, would God possibly be a twice a year Catholic Easter and, and Christmas yeah. and that's it? Just, I mean, it's just too much adoration, I think. I think anybody who who has an actual like sense of themselves would hate to be in a room where everyone's praising you. For, yeah, <laughs> for everything. <laughs> well, in fact, that's one thing I love about Judaism is that they consider that whenever two or more people 
whenever people were talking about God, so what we're doing right now and wrestling with the idea of God, Jacob, when he wrestled with God, that God is there, that the thing we're doing right now is God, that it's never, yeah, to, to worship him or anything like that, it was never the case to keep it holy and to keep, um, to guard against making this thing like an everyday thing that that's what what it means to not use god's name in vain but people use they, they do everything in god's name now and i think it bastarded bastardizes the, the name you know uh, we just started doing this but um, i think it's, this is a perfect segue um welcome our ghost guest god <laughs> god is in the chat everybody wow it's a big get for us steve thank you we just i love how you we just started doing this <laughs> and he popped up yeah he's here i mean <laughs> that's the way this, these conversations usually go that's really why i think like the paranormal has been like a part of our lives we've been doing this podcast for like three years and it's funny how like every time we do it and i think the reason why we continue to do it is that like it, whether it's like a synchronicity, whether it's just good timing or something, but like we just happen to getting these conversations where we make a connection and it just like it makes sense for us at the time. It may be insane to other people, but like it just fe- like it's, it just starts to feel right, you know. Everything starts to kind of fall into place, and I don't know what that is if it's just us looking for patterns and stuff, but it does feel right a lot of the time. No, no, I, I do. I think that uh, that's why I do comedy still. That's why is I, I'm trying to connect with people. That's why I like bartending. I think that happens a lot of times. You know, a lot of times people are just getting drunk and trying to run through, like, uh, hide from their problems. But then a lot of times, you, you know, I just meet people I would have norm- normally never have met. But I do, I don't believe in destiny. When you, when you talk like that, I, then I think it's like, Oh yeah, God's like giving a shit about our lives and we have nice homes and things, but he's just written off the continent of Africa. I don't believe in it like that, but I do believe there's a lot of times with, call it synchronicity, call it whatever the fuck, where things line up in such a way where you can look back and say, man, if those two or three or four things didn't all happen like that. I mean, I don't have time to tell you because the story's long about how I got into stand-up comedy, but three things had to go wrong for me to even think about doing it. Uh, or three, th- and it, those three or four things didn't happen. I wouldn't have done that. And, and to me, uh, stand-up comedy was something I, to me, I was like, when I was a pastor, I felt like a calling on my life. And when I, I stopped doing that, I never thought I'd have that feeling again. And uh, as soon as I started doing stand-up comedy, that feeling, the thing I'll call a calling, started up again. And so to me, I'll always be grateful that I, no matter what happens, I mean, you go to the Chatterbox, so you understand that. I mean, I I think that's why we're such a renowned show in the country and in Los Angeles and all that stuff is that I live out here in LA and I go to a ton of shows. I've been to a ton of shows, but a lot of these shows don't allow for magic to happen. But if you go to the Chatterbox, I I think pretty regularly, at at least once a month, if you would go every week, like the room takes off and it feels like yeah. everyone's on the same page and one and that that's that's the god feeling that we're talking about i could totally attest to that um that's how i met steve and truly yeah that room does get this like crazy hype feeling where like it, the laugh is just like a one single laugh you know 
and it feels yeah. like the entire room is like roaring. It's it's really insane. Um, so yeah, I, I totally agree with that. That's crazy. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I mean, that's all to me. Listen, I would love to make a living with my comedy. I'm trying to do it in different ways. Stand-up's kind of going to be dead for a year uh, because of the virus. But um, the, the reason why I do this is absolutely, and I can't speak for other comics, but I can tell you is that I am chasing that God feeling, that communion with other people in that room, the magic of it. And so, yeah, I, I haven't hit, I'm not successful um, in terms of I'm making up my living from this yet, but... Uh, you know that feeling. I'll, I don't. I don't know if we could. We'd ever stop doing the chatterbox. So it's been. It would have been ten years on August first, um, but obviously we stopped in March. But uh, that that is why I do it. I want, would like to make a living and have the opportunity if I wanted to have a kid to have a kid and not worry about it. But to me, that holy feeling in that room that happens at the chatterbox is the reason why I keep chasing these jokes down and keep you know, trying to connect with people in this way. Right. It's that like kind of not converting people, but it, in a way it's like sharing that like inner charisma with people. And I, you know, they keep on coming back. That's why it's so popular. So uh, we're, we're just about at the end of our, our time here. Uh, Steve Fernandez, it was great talking to you. Do you have anything you want to plug or anything? No, just follow me on Twitter at Big Hern Herney on Instagram. Thank you guys so much for having me. Yeah, man. Thank you. Thanks, Steve. Rob. <laughs> I don't know why that sounded angry. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> That's all, right? Wow, wow, wow. So that was Steve Hernandez, everybody. He was so gracious to, to talk to us. Um, what a conversation, you know, examining whether or not we believe in ghosts, kind of calling us out in a, in a way that I think we needed. Right? Sometimes it's good to get your convictions tested. Yeah, I mean, it's the sign of the true believer, right? If you're not a true believer unless you have that self-reflection to, to really question your, your faith and, and your belief. Uh, and that's a, a fantastic, I think, thing for, for all of our listeners to, listen, to think about. And how about that other guest that came on? Wow, wow. what a get. That's a big one. We've been asking for, for a while now for him to come on, for them to come on. And we finally got God. God made it to the pod. It, it feels pretty good to, you know, to feel the, the shimmering, shining, ever so loving light and embrace of God. Um, I got to say, it's, it, it does feel pretty good. You know, Satan was nice. God's pretty nice too, turns out. Turns out they're both pretty cool. So shout out to God. You're still here with us. And so anytime you want to chime in, you know, go ahead with your lightning bolts and stuff. But really, I mean, respect to God, you know, just to even have the time to come out here and do this podcast, you know, that's, that shows he's listening. He's in the scene. They're in the scene. I'm sorry. Um, God could be anybody, right? God could be a dragon. So um, shout out to God. That's great. But I think we have more pressing, more powerful entities to talk about rob a god can can kind of take a back seat on this one it's not his season right god has a certain season that he presides over and this ain't it sorry um rob schneider's it's it's his turn to to rule and i it's 
we're talking about the power, right? You know, God is powerful. Rob Schneider is cool. powerful. Yeah, look out. So, Rob Schneider. If I was God, out. if I was God, I'd, I'd watch out for Rob Schneider. I mean, I think there is a a ban in heaven of Rob Schneider. I don't think he's allowed to die. I think he said you, you, until God comes to realization to, uh, from his anxieties, until he's able to handle that, Rob Schneider is not, not killable. He cannot be killed. He cannot die until God speaks to a therapist about his fears and overcoming his fears of somebody finally having more power than God. It's, it's something that I think none of us talk about is how insecure God must feel when we, we lift weights and when we get stronger emotionally and and psychically and you know just physically because every step we take up is a step closer to them and i mean at some point you know someone's coming for the crown you got to know that it must be kind of scary it must be a little paranoia happening in in god's brain so i want to cast all that aside because rob is only in charge of halloween he's not going to die He's going to take care of what he's going to take care of. And then he's going to go back to making movies and doing stand-up, right? Because he's a cool dude. So we wanted to live react to this, to this movie, to this trailer, for a lot of reasons. One, we haven't seen it yet. Neither of us have seen it. So we can't give you our PhD-style examination unless we look at it. So we got to do an autopsy. We got to look at this, you know, this bloated corpse. And also, it's going to be good to see what the occult is, the presence of the occult in this clip. Because obviously, Rob is a pro. And Rob, I'm looking at you, Rob, you're a pro at looking at the occult stuff. You know, you can, you can catch it. So two pros, you and I, looking at a pro's work. Let's get it on. Let's find out what Happy Madison has, has in store for us. Yeah, and we want to do this live because we know that this is supercharged. You know, we said that this is going to be a Halloween to top all Halloweens. So we weren't sure if we saw this, if we would have the capacity to then talk to you. You know, it might throw us into a frenzy and we might start speaking in tongues. So this is a warning. I'm going to put on some safety equipment right now. I'm putting on my glasses. My glasses have been on. All right going to share my screen i want everybody to be ready okay so we are on well hello my ghouls and goblins okay. oh my goodness it's a disembodied voice right there i know you've got your costume i'm gonna be pausing this every now and then just to get some reactions <laughs> okay okay wow oh there was so much that just happened that it was like let's break i almost down. got a seizure from how many ghosts and shots of ghosts that just happened okay first off what's the first thing you noticed rob i i that that record scratch right yes right yes famously record players are the things that brought us like the phrase paul is dead like when you spin them backwards yes and when they scratched it, you could hear, you know, Paul is dead. I heard that. So I noticed somebody was dressed like Slimer. 
there was a kid wearing a slimy green Slimer costume. Obviously mentioning us, Ghost in the Scene. They're calling out Ghost in the Scene, how much we talk about Slimer. I mean, we saw the, the microphone, like the podcast microphone was like the, one of the first images that they sh- showed us. So they're calling out uh, Ghost in the Scene. This guy has glasses, and we're both wearing glasses. If I'm not mistaken, I believe that's Kevin James. Wow. Kevin James is in costume in this one, guys. So he could be wearing multiple costumes in this. Yeah, and it appears to be a, a reprisal, perhaps, of his Paul Blart Oh my uh, God! Character, pa- Paul Blart. This would make Paul Blart three his third appearance. Spiritually charged. Everybody knows threes. Let's continue. And I hope you all get more treats than tricks. I don't want you to punish. Okay. Is he a good guy? Hubie Dubois is the nicest guy in this town. Here is some happy Halloween word searches. We should pass it out to the kids. Thank you so much. That's a zombie. As a trained volunteer, I know what it's like when you're spooky funny. Okay, okay. okay. Real quick, um, we have to notice his his drawl. He's not speaking like the Sandman usually speaks. This is going to be one of his ooky kooky spooky, you know, little uh, mannerisms. QB Dubois is like a French Canadian guy, which means that he's working in the multinational ghost you know business he's not just working they probably filmed this in canada meaning that the ghost regulations they're different over there so rob schneider obviously had control over all of this right he controls his production so maybe they had to go ahead from that but i saw salem witch trials i saw people in skeleton costumes i saw people dressed like nuns and everybody knows that nuns have marriage with God. They're in a polyamorous relationship with God. And who knows how many billions of, of wives he's had over the years. That guy gets around. Or they get around, right? I mean, right. We're not quite sure. I mean, God gets around. And that's obviously what this movie is trying to tell us. Right. That and- God's, God's getting around. And sorry, sorry to interrupt, but I, I just want to point out where we also, every single freeze frame that we get on is, is like a message for us. Um, you know, Adam Sandler was talking about being a volunteer. We see him with a sash that says monitor. Like, Gio, they're, they're calling us out. That's what we're doing right now. We are monitoring. Yes, yes, Adam, I can hear you. Yes, we are. We are monitoring this for you, Adam. You see that, guys? How guys, guys, XYs, everybody, we can actually con- converse with our computers, with our videos. You just have to be able to read their directions, what they're saying. So yes, we will continue to monitor. Thank you, Adam, for the reminder. Get ahead. The supermarket selling expired bacon. Janet at the library has not been herself lately. I heard a voice in the sewer. I'm sorry, I didn't recognize him. It's pretty impressive how long he's been a loser. Ghost. Oh, messing with Shuby Dubois. Whoa. Murder. Okay. 
I mean, I, I have to keep on stopping it every now and then just because literally this is just too much. My heart is racing. Okay. I, I think it's going to beat out of my chest. I mean, I got to take a breath, Gio. You're hyperventilating, Rob. Take it easy. We haven't even seen Rob Schneider yet. This is, we're a minute into this trailer, not a sight of Schneider, which only means that it, when, he, when he finally comes out, it's going to be a huge reveal. And another thing that is kind of freaking me out is all of the costume changes that Hubie Halloween is. I mean, I don't know. I guess his name is Hubie. I'll call him the Sandman. The Sandman is changing costumes every other scene. He has an eye patch. He has you know, afros. He's wearing a scuba suit like in Big Daddy. I mean, how are we to know? if we're watching the movie that the person sitting next to you is not Adam Sandler. Right. I mean, and are they man Mandala Mandala affecting us throughout this same film? So like by the time you finish the film, is it even the same movie that you began watching? Are we all going to watch our own version of this film? We could, we very well could let's, let's keep on going, but they just yelled murder and this kid screamed bloody murder. So here we go. A Salem tradition. <laughs> you gotta expect a scare here or there. There's something off in this town. Okay, ghosts. Obviously. Mr. zombies. Like we said. Mr. Lambert? Is that you? This is where we separate the adults from the babies. Oh no. Okay, what would you do right there? I know what I would do. Get back. Start, you know, prayer circle. I'd spit salt out, holy water out my eyes. I'd capture that ghost like that. Mm. What we got to tell the audience too is that what we saw was a man tied up in a cornfield with a ear of corn inserted in his mouth being ripped back into the corn um wow being shucked like a piece of corn into a cornfield and there was nothing that adam sandler could do because rob schneider was not there to help him right so, right and again about the mandala effect i swear you when adam sandler was first in that cornfield you saw the the lines under his eyes like he was like a, a linebacker right right now this isn't a football movie or is it? This is like Adam Sandler reprising every single one of his characters. The water boy. Wow. Right? Or the longest yard. I, either one. But then, uh, then it, you know, you, we cut to the guy being pulled away. Then it cuts back to Adam Sandler. I swear, I did not see that same line patch under his eyes. Wow. Okay, so Mandala, everybody, on watch. Let's see what happens. Salem PD. Yeah, you're over here. You can hear me. Uh-oh. This is coming out next week, guys. Ben Morrison. Salem needs me. Yes. Famously, I, I, I saw his ghost. You every October 21st. Make sure every CDC is protected. It's a gospel. No one in Salem is safe tonight. So would you lose your thermos? Oh. Yeah, it'll never happen. Anyway, 
Okay, that was a ghost hunting machine. If you guys didn't notice, that's uh, classic Ghostbusters style weaponry. You have a thermos, you open up the thermos, you throw it, it catches the ghost, it comes back to your hand. Classic ghost hunting stuff. I know that I didn't have to mention that, but I just wanted to, for all of you beginners out there, that's how you catch ghosts. Oh, mystery here. Oh. I know who did this. Not now, UB. Mayor, I suggest we cancel Halloween immediately. We ain't canceling a damn thing. <laughs> this is some Dateline NBC shit. Shaquille O'Neal. Wow. <laughs> you're the best person I know. That's why you're a hero. No Schneider yet. Wow, I'm speechless. No Schneider, guys. They they held off on the Schneider. Because I think it was just too much. It's too much for a trailer. I think people would, wouldn't tune into the movie if they saw Schneider walking around as Jack Skellington. So what could be said about Hubie Halloween that wasn't said about the Mona Lisa? It's complex. It's beautiful. It's challenging. You know, it's deep. It's hurtful. It may be an autobiographical you know, story. Right. Like, and the more you look at it, the more it changes. And it's going to look different every single time mm. that you look at it. This movie is going to, is going to shake the entire world. When we talk about Oscars, we talk about Grammys, it's not going to even get mentioned. Let's not kid ourselves. It's too real. Anything this real is never even going to get the light of day. Okay, you might not even hear about this in uh, two months, but this will be the story of the century. This is starting off this decade with a bang. This is the first Halloween of the 2020s, and Rob Schneider has pulled out all the stops. He's created probably the scariest movie to ever be committed to film, and he's going to release it on Netflix, streaming across billions of houses all over the world, translated in multiple languages and including Thai and including Belgium and including Spanish, including everybody. So what does that mean? It means we're going to have a hell of a Halloween this year. So you better get ready. And, and go ahead. Yeah, sorry. just like protect yourselves, right? I mean, just if you can try to expose your ghost yourselves to ghosts a little bit earlier this year and nico agrees he heard it yeah yeah I, I, there might be some ghosts like in your room right now geo so i would i'd be careful but like oh my gosh like geo i mean like don't don't freak out too much like this is what i'm talking about like okay. we have yeah. to no, you're right. expose ourselves you know so so when when the big event happens we're not overwhelmed and you know there's earthquakes and there's fires and there's tsunamis and there's all kinds of stuff. 
none of that is anywhere close to what ghosts can do. None of that is anywhere near the sensation that you will get when a ghost is near you. So it's never that, you know, like you'll know when it's a ghost, you'll know when the spooky season finally hits, you'll get that chill down your spine and you will know that ghost in the scene was right, that we told you to prepare and that you are prepared. So let's end this with a nice little spell. We're going to say a spell for you guys to protect you for the beginning of, of October. This is just something that you can say, say to yourself, right? Um, now, don't, don't say this out loud, right? If you say this out loud, you're, you're going you're gonna to make people scared. Um, now, I want you to say, boo. And then repeat it backwards. Boob. Back and forth and do that about 69 times. And then it's, if you do it really fast, it should sound like you're saying boob. And that's the good thing. You, you want to be able to say it as fast so that you hear it as boob because that's the actual translation of the spell. right? We're working with intonations. So if you just say boob 69 times, it will be the spell that helps you through October. I can guarantee you that. We've tried it. This is tested. This is in the, in the scene tested. Uh, this is safe to use uh, regardless your age or your gender uh, or your situation. So uh, please, please, please uh, protect yourself. But again, you know, if you know that you're around people that might be a little bit more sensitive, just mm -hmm. you know, say it a little yourself. bit more quiet. Yeah. yeah. Keep that one to yourself unless you feel that they're having a hard time and you, you think that they could benefit from this, right? You say, hey, listen, I got a mantra for you. And it's a secret mantra. Only, only a few people are allowed to use this one. And then you whisper it in their ear, boo, oob, and you try to do it as, you know, as fluid as you can. And given that you are able to teach them that, it will exponentially make their lives better. I can guarantee that that's a ghost in the scene guarantee. You know, sue us if it's false, but you know, we, we are good, good enough attorneys at law to where I think we could walk. If I'm being honest, I think we could walk. So I think we, we should walk on out of here, Rob. Um, we've given them enough um, things to think about. Uh, what a, what a month, September, where did it go? You know, it's, it's dead and gone. And, yeah. you know, next time you'll hear from us, it'll be October. Yeah. Um, thank you to all the guests that were on this month. Uh, once again, thanks, Steve Hernandez, for, for being in the scene. We'll have him on again. And we look forward to all the other guests we have on for the rest of the year. Spooky season is coming. October is coming. That means that this podcast is going to get a hell of a lot more haunted why we have the goggles on, why we have the glasses on, I suggest you get a pair yourself. We're not going to sell them to you. This is, a, you know, everybody has to fend for themselves at this point. So find what works for you. And, you know, we're not going to leave you hanging in, in October. Mm -hmm. You know, this is going to be, I believe, you know, this is our four years, but I believe it will be our fifth Halloween special, right? If you include 2016, the way the numbers work. Yeah, that's right. First year's kind of like a ghost year, right? It's true. Um, so just, you know, hang tight, stay in the scene for some special announcements around 
our fifth Halloween special. Yeah, guys, stay in the scene. Keep your eyes on that damn screen. We love you.